Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. All right. Thank you for joining us for the podcast here today. My name is Chris McNamara, Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. We're, we're thrilled to have you join us here um, for Remaking Industry. Today, we are chatting with Damon Thompson. Damon is Senior Product Manager with Beckoff Automation. Damon is joining us from beautiful Colorado. Damon, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing, Chris? I am doing well. Real quickly, tell us who you are and what do you do? Yeah, as you said, Damon Thompson with Beckoff Automation. I've been with Beckoff oof, about 11 or so years, I'm responsible for the software products for the US market. So rolling out new products, getting customer feedback, really driving the technology Beckoff's known for. Um, yeah, it's kind of what I do. Okay, and uh, before we dive into the uh, work stuff, when you're not working, tell us a, a hobby. Let's get to know you a little bit. What do you do for fun? Well, as you mentioned, calling in from Colorado, so uh, living in Colorado, growing up in Colorado, actually fourth generation Colorado kid, um, anything outdoors. You know, I love backpacking and mountain biking and uh, yeah, spending time in the mountains. Awesome. Jealous. Um, all right, let's, let's dive into it here. We're talking uh, primarily about uh, recent updates to OPC UA and what that means for the modern manufacturer. So um, give us a kind of a, a frame the discussion here. Um, describe the recent updates to OPC UA. Uh, what does that mean for uh, those of us across the industrial slash manufacturing space? And what most excites you about these uh, these updates? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like talking about updates uh, from any of the technology and the, the OPC Foundation does a great job. They've been uh, for quite a few years, always expanding and evolving the technology and the base, um, either for new technology requirements or uh, user requirements. Uh, and they're always working on kind of new specifications and improving this thing over time. And it, it's more than just, you know, the traditional things that people, that people think about of, oh, I'm just OPC UA, it's just communication protocol, away we go. Um, it's actually far more than that of, you know, data modeling and being able to, you know, model what an entire machine interface looks like. And there's been some recent um, kind of focus on, you know, doing new network topologies and really making it a lot easier to enable, you know, manufacturers and OEMs to enable their machines to be cloud connected or take advantage of literally different architecture. Uh, and what this is based on is a specification called the OPC Publisher Subscriber uh, Communications Model. And for anybody that really wants to go look it up, it is part 14 of the OPC specification. So um, yeah. this, this PubSub specification uh, for shorthand, um, what does it enable us to do? Uh, what's unique about this setting and, and what are some of the capabilities that you find most uh, intriguing? Yeah, yeah, so the other little, little technical explanation in the background. So. You know, most of the time people think of uh, communications as being kind of client server, and that's pretty much all TCP communications, OPC included. And the traditional model, you know, people can really relate to, you think, oh, a server, and that server sits in a server room, and it's just kind of sitting there waiting for, you know, your client, the laptop, yeah. to connect and, and say, you know, hey, I want to connect and get email, or I want to connect and use some application. And traditionally in the OPC world, it's kind of flipped, actually. So the controller on the machine ends up being the server and the HMI or the SCADA system ends up being the client. And so the mm -hmm. controller is kind of sitting there saying, okay, I'm waiting for a connection from the HMI or from the client. Um, great. But a little bit with that scalability, you get into, hey, I have 200 machines in a facility and my SCADA system needs to connect to all those different pieces of equipment. The SCADA system really has to know each individual uh, name and each and every maybe you know, IP address of those different connections. 
And if something where you swap out the controller or you replace one machine with another machine, it needs to be either reset up, reconfigured with that same name or IP address, kind of a network infrastructure. Yeah. So it becomes a, a little bit on the scalability. Um, that's kind of one side. The other side is, you know, you think of a, a manufacturing line uh, and you get a lot of um, a lot of machines that need to talk to each other to pass information, you know, master. And every one of those has to know the name or IP address of everyone else. Yeah. And so, so the new kind of PubSub idea is a couple of different transport mechanisms. So one doing it over UDP, or the other one is MQTT. Um, and MQTT has been kind of a, a hot thing in the market these days um, with the way that it does the PubSub through a broker and takes advantage of you know getting away from the client server, so to speak, architecture and making it easier to go across the web. Mm -hmm. But um, give me an example of, uh, of an industry, particular industry or particular vertical that can most benefit from this new approach here. Who, who does this really uh, appeal to? Yeah, I mean, I think um, anybody that wants to leverage cloud or just a reduced infrastructure. So I don't know that it's in certain industry. Yeah, um, we see this really across everywhere. I mean, I'm sure from uh, from the, the, the industry standpoint, you've seen the PubSub really grow in popularity. Um, and, and it used to kind of be like, well, I, I need this different infrastructure, so I have to choose. I have to make that decision. Do I use OPC? Do I use MQTT? And that drove literally the network infrastructure um, and how it was configured. And so now, now the option is, well, not necessarily have to choose because now I have all of the great parts of using the OPC UA. You know, everybody knows common data types and uh, every machine can be kind of modeled in its own interfaces. I can use all that from that specification and also be able to pull that all the way back um, into the network transport layer of MQTT. Uh, and the other one is, you know, the other specification that's available there is, um, is the UDP. So being able to do kind of more controller to com controller communications. Most, you know, most people you say, well, OPC, you can, you've always been able to do controller to controller. Yes, uh, and people's first thing they'd say is, well, I feel like it's a bit slow when I start moving massive amounts of data. Maybe, but the, the publisher subscriber, it kind of makes that mechanism a lot faster. So, you know, we can actually, we can actually set, um, you know, do things in a lot faster real time. Okay. My next question for you here is how does this affect processes? We just kind of touch on that quickens processes, simplifies ultimately, I assume. What else? What are we talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the first thing is, you know, like I mentioned on the on the product on the line, if you get a production line, uh, being able to set that up so that each one of these devices, instead of having to know each other and actually every single other device it wants to communicate to, knowing its name or IP address, uh, it can really just talk to one central location called a message broker using this idea of MQTT as the transport. And MQTT, um, it's it's really just the transport mechanism. So inside of it can be uh, you know, binary data, it could be popular JSON, um, but part of the problem is that the encoding needs to be uh, kind of made up, it needs to be defined. And so the end user or the machine builder sort of have to sit down and say, well, in my system at the end user, the way that I want data sent to my ERP system, my data collection is in this JSON format or XML format or binary format where each side of the communications really has to know exactly the format of each data and the data size. Um, and so instead of doing that, you know, the OPC allows the data typing that are common between those. So we say, hey, we use OPC on the ERP system or on the data collection side. Oh, we use OPC on the machine side. Okay, we know how those data types look. 
And then using OPC PubSub over MQTT, now I take the transport mechanism, which doesn't care what the data is inside, and package it up in a very unified format. So some of the benefits are the machine builders and the end users can spend less time doing specifications on what that data, that contract between each point should look like, and more times just discussing what data they need off of the machine. So, so removing the whole conversation specification uh, of how the data should be encoded. And it really helps, you know, even from a machine builder standpoint, an OEM can say, look, if, if I, you know, can, can supply the data in this standard format, um, I, don't, I don't have to supply that different encoding for multiple different end customers, and maybe even possibly write customized code for each one of those end customers that need to be maintained and, and you know, over time, or maintained and understood over time. So, so there's, there's really a lot of benefits uh, for both OEMs and machine manufacturers by standardizing that. Uh, and like I said before, not having to choose, you know, hey, I want to use the MQTT protocol because of the infrastructure gains, but I have to figure out how to encode it. Now right. I can do the best of both worlds. Okay. Excellent. All right, cool. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit, um, Damon, and, and look at machine to machine initiatives. Um, how are those maturing? How does this uh, updated specification uh, affect that world? And who's reaping the most benefit from kind of scaling out machine to machine initiatives? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, you know, machine to machine, every manufacturer that, that has any kind of, you know, big line, they're, they're dealing with multiple vendors supplying the equipment. And, and sometimes they're, they're large enough that they can specify, you know, every piece of equipment needs to come with, with brand X. But, you know, we're seeing more and more that that's not the case. Maybe the, the experts in certain processes come from different parts of the world and they use different controllers. Mm -hmm. And then it, then it becomes kind of a, a, a game of, well, what's the common denominator? What kind of field bus can everybody speak? Because it's not just exchanging slow data. We got to actually, you know, some, some encoder counts or something to keep everybody up to speed. Um, so now, now we got to figure that out. And it's, it's, you know, like I mentioned from a manufacturer standpoint, then you got to have these specifications uh, for the OEMs and it's just a lot of wasted engineering time. So you know, the, the involvement of OPC PubSub, it means from that UDP platform, something really fast, you can then kind of stream, you know, kind of real-time data or near real-time data and it's, you know, vendor neutral. So as more and more manufacturers implement this protocol, um, then it becomes easier and easier and faster for end manufacturers to pull together a line and communicate between those machines. Again, not having to specify, you know, buying a bunch of extra hardware, I guess, to make everybody neutral or communications gateways and keeping those things maintained. Um, so I, I think, I think really at the end, the, uh, the uh, manufacturers are really the ones that kind of benefit. Um, and the PubSub specification, like I mentioned, you know, it allows it to go faster. And I think some people have a stigma of, oh, OPC stack is pretty large and it's slow. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Uh, but the PubSub uh, UDP is, is definitely takes care of some of that where it's a lot faster. Okay. And, and speaking of that, the, the other thing I'll mention is, you know, the OPC Foundation is actually working on more of a field bus level kind of communications to your controller to controller communications. And that's also over UDP. And we're also specifying kind of the future of, of TSN, doing that over TSN. So really being able to synchronize between the controllers. So like I mentioned at the kind of the beginning, uh, the really the OPC Foundation is really doing a good job of looking to the future at, at what companies need. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, you know, the biggest thing to make all this work honestly, is getting vendors to implement this, you know, more controllers and different automation equipment. At the moment, uh, for OPC PubSub, we see that, that, you know, others in the market of equipment suppliers are implementing the UDP transport of OPC PubSub, but not so much the MQTT transport yet. And why is that? Uh, <laughs> another good question. So, 
most most automation like equipment suppliers they they rely on a, on an SDK vendor, so kind of a third party that builds up an OPC stack or a different mm -hmm. communication protocol stack. Um, and those vendors are still working on implementing the MQTT, uh, or I should say, OPC way pub sub over MQTT stack. Um, Backup's a little different. We we actually started developing on this OPC communication stack in 2015 while we were sitting on the working group, um, and we did that with the UDP side. And then later we've implemented this over MQTT. So I think we're maybe the only I think uh, maybe vendor at the moment that has this implemented in our controller, uh, and we're actually being using our implementation to test the other SDKs in the world. So hopefully we can do all the testing and, and then other automation equipment vendors who use an SDK can start implementing this in their product uh, very, very soon. Okay. Switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about a, uh, a common, in your world that you encounter, a common you know, device to, cl to cloud setup. Um, and who is a prime example of somebody taking, care, taking advantage of that? You know, currently, who, what's, who, who's emerging in this space? Who's doing, in your estimation, who's kind of taking a smart device to cloud setup and really exploiting the capabilities there? Yeah, it's, so we um, we definitely see this exploding in general in industry. You know, when the, when the IoT uh, buzzwords came out, everybody was like, wow, we're not sure what to do with it. It's being a buzzword and um, it's not anymore. It's really being implemented. Yeah. We started back in that day, um, really figuring out what the Beckoff strategy was going to be. And we said, you know what, we, we really want to be able to connect to, you know, the different cloud infrastructures, the different ERP systems, you know, really be able to enable machine builders to connect to whatever their end customers need to, to use. And if the end customer specifies, obviously being able to connect to whatever they're using. Um, and what we see the struggles of the implementation is, you know, it, kind of, I mentioned earlier, you get, uh, you know, it, it a protocol like MQTT, when, and it's great. And AWS, um, Microsoft Azure, and everybody has great support for MQTT. And sometimes it comes down to that, um, the encoding of the data and the data modeling of, you know, hey, I, I have a, a timestamp, um, three different variables from my PLC, the last, the average number of products I've run in the last minute. How do I package that up in a format that's known on the other side? And, and it's absolutely possible, you know, of course, there's, you know, probably millions of implementations doing it, yeah, but it yeah. takes a little bit of, um, takes some engineering, right? And, and part of the, the, the idea of using standards and having multiple vendors and uh, implement these standards is to remove the need to have to do that extra engineering right. because it's a little more, a little more plug and play. Yeah. What was, uh, Damon, what was your role uh, with this new extension of OPC UA or what was Beckoff's role? Did you have a hand in it? What did Beckoff do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually, I'll step back in history a little bit. So I mean, we actually, you know, back up joined the OPC Foundation in 1998, I believe. Yeah. And we've been uh, very, very, very heavily involved in the OPC Foundation uh, for many, many years. Uh, and we sit on several of different working groups. In fact, the OPC UA TSN, the PubSub, uh, the PLC Open, you know how to bring that and map them into PLC data types for the IEC 731. Um, so we've been quite involved. Uh, I think we were at the beginning of the OPC PubSub working group and contributed to that. And like I mentioned, it was one of the first implementations uh, was actually was inside of uh, backup products to do some some proof of concepts. So we were heavily involved with this OPC PubSub specification. Okay, excellent. Um, and we were talking about modeling of machines. Um, define that for me in this capacity here. And look, let's look to the future a little bit here. Um, Machine modeling, how that influences industrial data, and give me a, a forecast here for the next 
year, two years, five years, 10 years of industrial data? What do you see? What excites you coming down the road? And what does that look like? Yeah, so it's a great question. What hopefully happens in the future is things become just like I mentioned faster because we know that, that the, the lower barrier to entry for manufacturers to be able to gather data and you know, plug them into software and the faster that they can get inside, it's sort of the, you know, as the tide rises, all boats rises. So if we can make that an easier from an equipment supplier standpoint, the, the equipment manufacturers are going to, to ultimately really gain the success out of it without everybody wasting a bunch of engineering time trying to figure out how to get it done. It needs to be easier and faster. Mm -hmm. So um, there's some specifications been in the works uh, with the OPC Foundation. Um, some of those are called companion specifications. And the, the overall idea, I guess the analogy that I heard one time that I, I like to use is um, a little bit like turning a machine into like your printer. You know, you buy a printer and you come plug it into your network and you say, okay, I wanna use this thing. Uh, I wanna know the ink levels, I wanna send it jobs to do. You don't necessarily sit down with an engineer, degreed engineer, and say, uh, I really want to go through what the protocol is and which bits do I have to turn on and off to send it a print job. And, oh, I got to send it this query command to get the ink levels, right? It's not how it works. Right. It's a little bit more plug and play. Yeah. And so the, the end goal here would be why not model the machine using the companion specification? So when you plug it in, there's a discovery service and it says, hey, I see there's a new machine what are you? And it comes back and says, well, I'm a CNC. And you say, oh, I know exactly how to talk to you. I know how to pull all the, the current tool, the tool life information. I know how to pull that back up. Or um, maybe I'm a robot. I'm a plastic injection molding machine. And all of these things are nicely modeled. And then immediately you, you, know, you can um, start interacting with the data or pulling the data into your system to start gaining insights or log the data for later yeah. without yeah. having to do that low level, which protocol should I use? Which bit should it be? Sure. How do I encode the sure. data? So that's the goal. The more simple it is, the more likely it is to be used. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Damon Thompson with Backup Automation, thank you for joining us on the Remaking Industry podcast today. Very interesting stuff. All right. Thanks, Chris. It was fun. Yeah. And to our listeners, as always, we encourage you to go out and make it a smart day. <laughs>